The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Quick Nations Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim D-O-Double-G. Yay! And I'm joined, behind, joined by the man behind the side effects. That's at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? And we also have... At Roddy Cat on Twitter. Oh, Roddy Cat. And currently in a, I was going to say a monsoon mm. storm up in the Illinois area. And that is at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Take it easy, dirt. Be safe. But you can aid him by going to his website, popculturenetwork.com. And while you're going to websites, go to theclicknation.com. You can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. On the homepage, there are icons to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, YouTube. Go ahead and click the follow buttons on all those or subscription buttons. We are part of the Cold Little Podcast Network, a.k.a. the CSPN. Go to CSPN.us. Do it today. Do it today. And while you're there, make sure to buy some Comic Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you're on social media discussing comic books, use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles and CBCron to join the conversation. So for this week's episode, we are going to begin with a pair of Prime books, those being X-Men Prime and Inhumans Prime number ones. I would just like to point out, Tim makes the Tim makes the, the uh, intro sound so easy. <laughs> That's because I'm about to read this. <laughs> yeah, we're so All far. Right. You know what it is when 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 any of us host the show, it's uh, you know we're so out of practice. You know, and none of us bothers to like actually write the entire script out, so it always comes out stilted and, and you know and, and and uneven. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah. so prime. So, well, I try to. Well, I try to. Uh, what you mean, Marvel Rebirth? Share going here. Huh. You mean Marvel Rebirth? That's that's pretty much how these issues uh, felt, you know. Basically, restarting. So we're gonna kick off with X Men Prime okay. number one. Yeah. This is very Rebirth feel, to, especially this with the X Men and humans. Yes. They're trying to get off or get uh, momentum and coverage going for their property, their franchise. Right. But the X Men here, they have come out victorious and still alive after the events of Inhumans versus. Uh, X-Men uh, mini event series and it's a return home for one wayward former X-Man in Kitty Pride. I'm coming home, coming home. Yeah, there was there was a, a slight bit of that that was kind of weak in the explanation of uh why Storm wanted her to to um not only come back but lead the team, but I guess it works out one way or another. Yeah, so if, for those who haven't been aware, Kitty has been a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Not really a spoiler. <laughs> it could be for someone. It could be. 
That's why I anticipated. Yes. That's why I ring the bell. <laughs> yeah, she's been in Guardians for the last like two years. It's not really a spoiler. Yeah, you know, not everybody reads Guardians and X Men. Oh, true. So, so going the, during the events <laughs> of Civil War Two, the Guardians found themselves grounded on Earth. So, uh, Kitty gets a visit from X Men leader Storm, asking her to return to the team. Uh, not only return, but to baby, be... come back. Oh man, I got all the songs today. <laughs> We're prepping for uh, our own uh, for for creating our own soundboard. So let's just uh, you have to bear with me for a little while. <laughs> I'm gonna have to take notes. That's a good one to uh, find a clip of. But anyway, moving on. But yeah, Storm uh, feels that she's kind of led the X Men astray, having done some uh, less than stellar. Um, choices as far as attack the way they X-Men attack the Inhumans. So she feels Kitty would be uh, a better candidate. The whole, the pupil is now the teacher. Yeah. So, laid the crown. so that's the, I guess the main story that weaves throughout the book, but we also get looks in at the original five X-Men who are still stranded in the present yeah, I was about to say, we, we get set up for X-Men Blue and also uh, Weapon X, which are pretty much the only other, the only other two things that happen in this book. And for, and for Weapon X, the... we, for, for we catch up with um, Lady Deathstrike. Mm-hmm. And someone, as she's trying to hide out in Madripoor, but there's uh, some un, uh, undercover people or agency of some kind that has taken an interest in her. And then as we see on a monitor screen, uh, the rest of the members that will be filling out the Weapon X book as well. So, mm-hmm. Which there was a funny part about that uh, part because the the person we see that comes to try to, quote unquote, recruit Lady Deathstrike kind of reminded me of uh, Faith from uh, Valiant. I can see that. So, yeah, yeah, no, I definitely see that. That's a good, that's a good uh, recognition right there. So there was that. But yeah, like I said. You can see what's gonna what's gonna go into Weapon X when that next month. Uh, the back of the issue had all the rundown of yeah. when all the books come out. I feel like they all come out in third in April. Probably. Yeah, next month is X Men Gold number one, X Men Blue number one, and Weapon X number one. And later in the year, they also tease Generation X number one, Jean Grey number one, Cable number one, and Iceman number one. Excuse me, I was about to say if if it said in two weeks, that would really would have been Rebirth, right? <laughs> well, uh, I believe Gold and Blue are double shipping. Mm. Oh, oh, the heady days of um, <laughs> X-Men books double shipping. Yes. So we'll see how long that uh, keeps up. Well, I would imagine that that's probably going to do something good for him. So. What did you guys think of the ending of the, of, the story, of the book? Why on earth did they not... Okay. Why on earth did they have to be right there in the center of the park? There's a perfectly good mansion a block or two away that they probably could have bought. Ha, 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 ha. That was that was the only thing I was thinking. I was like, "Wait, they're just just going to set it right there in the middle of Central Park, huh?" I got a kick out of that, but at the same time, the logistics just don't make sense, you know. Right. You know, take it from the New Yorker, right? Like, I'm just like, why, why, why are you putting that there? What's going on? What are you doing? You know. I mean, they did say she did say they wanted them to be visible. So. That's true. Wasn't the event the Avengers Mansion kind of set up in the same way back in the day? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's but on Fifth the, yeah, on Fifth Avenue, right? Exactly, but on yeah. the edge of Central Park, so. Yeah. Like what is that a museum now? They could have bought that and took that over. That's true. That is true. All right. Well, don't mind me. I'm literally taking notes on um, sound clip ideas. Maybe come back is right there. 
Yes, just in case you thought he was joking. Hmm. So, but um, also I wanted to to make note of um, a couple of things that happen um, uh, in this issue. Uh, you know, they do set up the story for you know, like uh, they set up the uh, the main three um, spinoff books uh, in the pages of this issue. Um, there's also the reunion of, or at least the hint of the reunion of a couple of relationships. One of them being spoiler alert. Um, one of them being Colossus and Kitty Pride. We'll see where that goes. Uh, but she's Quillis. Right. But, you know, she, she right after she makes a vow to avoid relationships with anyone named Peter, guess who's uh, staying in her room conveniently yeah. enough. But it's spelled differently, so, you know. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, I've lost track of what Jubilee's current status is. So I don't remember or I don't recall if she's still, like, active vampire, somewhat vampire, like, blady vampire, or... I believe as of the last X-Force series, she was still... Wait, not X-Force. When was the last time she showed up? The last time she showed up, which she might was in the X-Men. X-Men. She was in the X-Men woman group team. Yeah, but no, I mean, but after that, I did, yeah, that was... She was in something fairly, fairly recently, and I believe her, she was still a vampire. Okay. Yeah. And she still has Baby Show Go. Who is apparently grown a little, right? But yeah, a lot going on here. Yeah. Well, as I said, it was like it was it was actually a pretty good issue because like you see Kitty kind of going back to the mansion, going through seeing what's been changed, and it realistically it was like, well, yeah, things have changed, but it's still you know the more things change, the more things stay the same type of situation. That's right. That's one of Claremont's favorite you know French sayings. So, <laughs> so and, uh, and apparently right. that is what made her come back to the team and her leading it now let's transition over to inhumans prime number one i thought this was the better of the two prime books you know i think it was story wise i'd agree story wise it was the better book but right art in some spots was uh... well you know for something like this where it's like a jam uh, it's kind of like a jam book i think i think there's multiple artists on this right i don't believe this was yeah i don't believe this is all one because i think um the Artist who did the, I believe the first half of the book was pretty strong. I thought the art in the first half of the book was pretty strong. Uh, Ryan Sook likely had the first half, and Chris Allen likely had the second. And I thought that Sook's art um, was pretty strong. Up and then you know the the transition is fairly uh, sudden and jarring. But uh, you know I like the art overall. I, I I do agree with you though that some of it was kind of uh, off putting. Right, but, but the know, story, I, like what. Are they setting up with Matt Smith? I'm kind of curious to hear more about that. What was this grand plan of his just to get captured? Right, and what's the secret? Secrets. He always has a secret, so... You know? Of course. That'll Does always be... Does this go any way to set up uh, Secret Warriors, by chance? Uh, I guess it's possible, because he's still on Earth, right? Well, he... <clears throat> I guess it has... We don't know if he's going to remain on Earth... Or if he's going into space, be, it will feel be taken into space with the royals. Right. <laughs> it's catching to everybody now. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, the last page cliffhanger of this, you know, was teased right at the very beginning of the book, and uh, you know, a lot of it really does make sense how this character ties into the future, the immediate future of the Inhumans. So I'm glad that they were able to uh, fold this character back into the Marvel universe proper and. Uh, you know, and he'll help move uh, the story along, especially as they go out into space. And I did that, all that without hitting the spoiler bell. <laughs> and if we're going to be talking about royals, I may have to uh, pull that one too. That sounds good. 
I'm going to, I'm going to, I had at one point in time, I had a lofty goal of trying to do some type of like maybe monthly recap or scorecard of all the monthly resurrection books and, you know, way which books are doing better than others. And, you know, who's X-Men or human books. Good luck with that. Yeah. But there's so many X-Men books now and, um, humans has what four, I think something like that. Again, the more things change, the more right. they stay the same. It's funny because this reminds me of you know this this upcoming lineup of X books. You know this this kind of reinvigor- reinvigoration of the lineup really reminds me of a time in uh, X Men history that's you know kind of uh, roughly. It's a little uh, it's a little early for uh, Tim Dog ninety eight, but Roddy Cav is definitely going to be familiar with what I'm talking about. I'm talking about yeah. post image post image launch uh, X Men where. You know, we're talking about uh, Gen X being relaunched, you know, being launched for the very first time. X-Factor, X-Force is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the there two no main X-Men books, there. exactly. There were X-Books all up the wazoo. So this is definitely reminiscent of that time. Although I do believe Tim said something about liking Gen X. So I like Gen X, too. I have most of the run. I'm not sure how I feel about this new take on them, though, as being like these misfit outsiders, because it's full of characters I don't care about at all. Wasn't that the case in the first... Originally, no, they had cool, the, no, they had cool characters originally. No, what I was going to say is originally the only characters you really knew were Jubilee and the teachers, right. Emma Frost and Banshee. Right. So everybody that was new was the uh, was the students. I don't know if they're going to be introducing new that many new characters. I think they're recycling a lot of the new X Men uh, ca- uh, characters. You want to say new X Men? I mean, like the book that was entitled New X Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Which, by the way, speaking speaking of X Men Prime, I'm kind of surprised that um, Guggenheim, who who wrote it, did not um, want to put well, did not put um, some of the younger younger ones out, you know, front and center, like he did in um, was it was that New York X Men or Young X Men, whatever it was that the book he did, because um, there was they've been shown although some of them they kind of show up in this book, but you know they they were non speaking and non you know they were just kind of there. As they would be, so right there's the students of the uh, of the institute, right? So, well, you know, in any event, I think that these uh, these two books did a good, fairly good job. I think the Inhumans is better than the X Men book, a fairly good job of uh, launching us into the uh, the new adventures and the new directions that that these two uh, corners of the Marvel universe are going to take. But um, I'm excited for one out, one I guess taking up the the reigns over from Charles soul hmm. on, I guess like the headlining and humans book and I guess shepherding their stories for sure. however long that's going to last. And two for John boy Myers art, which you see on the cover there. That's crazy. Like his, his art is so reminiscent of, he's got it's like heavy influence from so many artists. You could see it like so much Madureira. Um, you could definitely see a lot of that. Some anime influence, a little bit of, uh, you know, just some image stuff. It's, it's, you know, it's really sharp though. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's see what else we all read. You know what? We had a couple of uh, Marvel titles wrap up this week. I don't believe Roddy cat read black widow. Number 12. I don't believe Tim no. dog, but I believe Roddy cat read spider woman. Number 17. I absolutely did. So tell us about it while Tim pulls up the cover. Oh man, I missed this book. <laughs> I am uh, I am in full agreement with you. So this, as we just said, was the end of uh, the run of Spider Woman. Spider Woman number seventeen is what we're talking about here. Um, so 
we find one Jessica Drew with her new lover of her life, one Roger Porcupine, whatever his last name is. And what do you do when, you know, all of your business is done with and you got a new love? You throw a party. And that's what she did in this issue. She threw a party, all of her superhero friends, you know, uh, Natasha with no chill. <laughs> None whatsoever. And a whole bunch of other, other folks. So you got like Spider-Man and Busted Avengers and Nick Fury for some reason. But then again, she is a spy. For, she was a spy for S.H.I.E.L.D., so why not? Um, and they all meet Roger. You know, some folks like Natasha have some not so kind words about the relationship. Um, I think a lot of that st- stems from the fact that they've probably all met Roger, but when yeah. he's wearing his spiky porcupine costume. I don't, I don't know about Natasha. You just like, okay, you just kind of, you pretty, you pretty much slumming. Was yeah, idea. for real. You wouldn't even, you know, you know, talk about the way he dressed, and I was like, that's us. And and you know, Jessica being who she is. While she tried to hold her tongue, didn't didn't keep that uh, for long. It's know, funny that you know Meryl was there. Yeah, I was going to say that. it's funny that you bring this up because the one note that I put down um, uh, that that I, that I wrote down in in our, uh, our our sheet for today was that the issue felt so real to me mm-hmm. because it was about the relationships, and we've all had that one friend who you think is dating someone who's not their type or inappropriate, and all sorts right, of hijinks this- ensue. No, like right. I said, inappropriate it could be dating up or down. You know what I mean, or whatever. Well, yeah, I was about to say, you think someone you think they'd be dating down or something. You know? Exactly. At the end of the day, you know, I I thought of it as just like plain old inappropriate, and mm-hmm. um, you know, some you know, there's always some 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 crazy stuff that comes out of uh, those types of situations. So this issue felt very real to me. Um, I want to also point out that um, the art team of Veronica Fish, you know, the uh, the script mm-hmm. is by Dennis Hopeless. Veronica Fish is the artist, and Rochelle Rosenberg is a color artist on this. And yes. the look and feel that they give to the book is, is is kind of on the indie side, but I think that really was to this book's benefit because it's really more about, um, you know, the interactions between the characters as opposed to the superheroics. Right, which if you are or have read any of the Archie books, you have fairly recently, you would have seen Fish and I believe uh, Rosenberg's <coughs> art on those. I'm not gotcha. sure she's still doing uh, Archie, but yeah, right. But not she was for a good minute. So, right. So ultimately, and I'm glad that you that that you uh, that you added that particular tidbit because now I I definitely see, um, you know how uh, the influence of the imagery, you know, the influence of the imagery on how the story played out in my mind and how real it all felt because it's not mm-hmm. drawn as though these people have like impossibly large muscles and. You know, and, and are ready to knock down walls and, and leap over tall buildings. Although that's the wrong company, but right. um, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, there's still superheroes to be done. Right, this. and I'm about to say, now that I think about it, the art kind of reminds me of, and I, I'm, I don't know if Veronica Fish is on this one, but I think uh, Rosenberg is. But Squirrel Girl has kind mm. of a similar art style to it. So right, but yeah, but um, so the other part of this book, which is in very family circus like manner, we have um something that we've been wondering about since uh, since this character was introduced, and that is um, Kid Drew, who seems to be uh, manifesting his powers. So he t- he's just like his mom's. Pretty much. Oh, so he has powers. Mm-hmm. Those the exact same powers as, as, as his mom, to be exact, which um, causes some um, a slight bit of kerfuffle as they manifest and... Um, Folks are trying to wrangle them back together again, including one critical panel where, um, you know, it's going back to Natasha, tries to, you know, basically was like, ah, powers are a crutch. You don't need all that. So she catches the baby and then, and, and he just kind of gives her a foot 
Yeah. Where she where she gets has a, she gets knocked backwards because apparently he's uh some strong for you know stronger than a normal baby, I assume. So and that was yeah. pretty hilarious. Um, you know, and his reflexes are probably pretty probably pretty quick because he even catches Spidey um unawares before his uh, spider sense can do anything about it. Right. Because he has Venom Blast also, so that right. that led to a, a couple of interesting panels with him and uh, also Roger and you know a couple other people. So it was it was a, it was a fun read, and I would say it's a particular particular read, not just because it was the last book, because it was a it was a pretty interesting wrap up to this book, and you know, kind of wrapped up the way you would have expected it to, especially the the last couple of the last page or so. Sure, so. absolutely, absolutely, Leave, definitely leaving the door open for more uh, for more adventures for 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 the for this particular family, and mm-hmm. I and I do mean family of characters. Yep. And by the way, it's funny. My 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 uh, my only other note in this, and I'm going to ring the spoiler bell, but we've already talked about it. It's kind of funny. We've got a new legacy hero on our hands, <laughs> right? To go with the legacy, you know, to go with all the other legacy heroes that Marvel is putting out now. And you know, I keep ta- I, I keep mentioning it, and it is worth mentioning. You know, it's so interesting to see Marvel finally, you know, to finally establish uh, a solid generation of uh, legacy heroes. Yeah, he's going to be baking for a while though, so yeah. I, I would imagine it's going to be a minute before he <laughs> puts on a puts on the right. He could be the next. Uh, he could be the founder of the next power pack, though. We'll see. Anyway, right? No. <laughs> so moving on. Um, let's see. What other books did you guys read this week? Oh, we already covered two of Tim's books. Um, yeah, I might be done for. I'm already done for tonight. Let's see. Well, I, I gotta read. I gotta know. But you know what? Take a couple. Is, I was gonna say but... take a couple, Roddy, because it looks like uh, both of us well, are no, kind of running down on us. I want to know. Yeah, I want to know what made uh, that last book Tim got so bad. But we'll get to that in a minute. So um, let us do. Realistically, most of the stuff could be rapid fire, but um... yeah, I mean, we we don't have to linger too long. Nah, not going to. Uh, mask number four. We'll do that real quick. Um, so yeah. Last issue, the um, Matt and Gloria got got captured by Venom, got by Mayhem. Excuse me, not Venom all the way. Well, anyway, uh, but it uh, turned out to be a ruse, all in all, because while they were captured, and Matt thought his mom's was dead, and turned out that was a, an elaborate hologram. Um, it was a trick, but there was also another trick in which, um, while they were captured, apparently our team already had a plan plan in place because they were trying to figure out. Um, you know, what Mayhem's plan was and um, also trying to figure out what was going on with um, some recent news that they found out that their helmets were leaking radiation or that were, that were, had no radiation shielding and they were, you know, getting irradiated. So now that all that's gotten, seems it's going to get taken care of and the tables are now turned. The, 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 the teams uh, put their plan in action because they're, as you know, it always has to be a turn for turn thing and now um mayhem's back is up against the wall and it's going to be a big fight next um issue so it's gonna be it's a pretty good book and gloria it seems to be the mvp of this group let's put it this way so okay. i i'm still enjoying reading this book i don't um i mean i think it's probably not gonna shake too many people's leaves but i'm enjoying it and i guess uh, while i'm here i will go back to marvel for a second and do occupy avengers number five in which um apparently we have some some dudes in black that have been going around to uh, points unknown in various parts of the country and just blasting people for seemingly unknown reason. But what we find out later on that there is 
uh, apparently a reason. Uh, Hawkeye and the team gets broken down in one of one of these towns, who's apparently known for dung. Um, let's say. Okay. The locals get spooked because you know anybody coming through town, you know how locals get. You know, it's like, oh, hey, who's this new person? Could be trouble. Blah blah blah. Turns out they were they were skittish, but they had a reason to be because apparently, and not not even talking about the um, human crossing the border kind. Forgive me for that part, but you know, uh, we're talking about scrolls, folks. No kidding. And what what ends up coming coming is that the people who's been going around blasting folks know this and they've been killing all of them as they as they find them and they end up in this town so now the so now the occupy avengers uh and uh these uh mip type folks are meeting so i don't know now okay which brings me back to this question that i have to ask every other every other year did not the scrolls lose their um their shifting power shape-shifting because we keep seeing them so what i'm not 100 percent sure seeing it yeah because I know at one point that happened, and unless something something's come come out that kind of reversed that, or still pockets, because I'm like, how are we still having this many scrolls that can they can shape shift on around? I don't, I don't know. I'm sure someone has to answer, and I, I don't know if I actually care that much to know the answer, but it's just something that keeps coming up every now and then, and it's weird. So, but to ask to answer, um, Matt Wang. I'm still enjoying uh, Occupy Avengers. Like it's it's pretty pretty. I don't want to say street level, but it's pretty much ground level book at this point, and they're just going around kind of get into stuff. And the team is still kind of sort of forming. Like I don't know if this if this or if the um if the members they have, which are only like what three, are going to be the one are going to be the 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 whole team. But you know, we shall see. There is someone that shows up, but I have no idea who this person is. But no one's reason. Well. There's two people to show up because Manifold shows up for a second, but he's pretty much ferrying somebody and also getting his money. So I don't think he's going to be a part of the team. But you know, but there's someone who shows up in the book who I have no idea who that is or if this is somebody of note who's uh, now with the team trying to fix their vehicle. So all right, who knows? All right, uh, let me take a turn. Uh, let me talk about Mighty Captain Marvel number three. Uh, out this week by writer Margaret Stoll with art by Ramon Rosanas, colorist Michael Garland, and, and uh, Marcio Meniz. Um, I have to confess, I, I don't believe I remember too much of the first issue, and I don't recall reading the second one. So I find myself in a bit of um, a tough spot at the beginning of this issue because uh, we find uh, the, uh, Captain Marvel... Uh, crash landed somewhere in the Antarctic permafrost at the beginning of the issue. And we're trying to figure out how she got there and why she's having this inner monologue about uh, her powers being on the Fritz. And what we find out is that her power is on the Fritz because she's encountered some, um, some, uh, some, uh, some children who I guess are, uh, might be half Cree. And oh, right. uh, she's running into, that. right. She's running into these um, uh, beings, these half Cree beings who's, genetic makeup kind of screws with her powers and this issue goes a long way towards explaining why that might be and or at least you know exploring uh the uh, the reality of how it how it's happening and carol finds herself looking for uh an old tony stark safe house and she has a lot of interaction with uh some uh uh very much like um riri uh oh, what's her last name williams is it williams okay i didn't want yeah. to presume uh, much like Riri Williams, Carol has uh, a lot of interaction with a Tony Stark uh, artificial intelligence hologram. 
uh, nicknamed Ty, as in Tony AI, um, by one of, by one of the uh, one of the techs, you know, one of the sole uh, living employees in the Antarctic at a at a Stark safe house or safe research lab. So um, ultimately, what they discover is that. Um, there's nothing actually wrong with uh, Captain Marvel, but she's still having this issue with uh, not being able to interact with these uh, uh, half Cree uh, beings who have this particular gene genetic sequence that messes with her um, ability to hold on to powers uh, or hold on or keep control of her power. Um, there is this crazy looking mass dude that's uh, kind of uh, harassing her and she finds herself in the middle of a bar mitzvah of all things. Uh, Captain Marvel does, you know, I kind of lost track of what was going on in the story at this point, but ultimately where we find ourselves is that, um, uh, uh, Carol's trying to figure out what to do now, now that she's discovered that, um, these, uh, you know, these beings seem to have some sort of sway over her power. And that one of the things that started this was maybe a large power surge from across the, the universe it may have something to do with the Cree homeworld being blown up. That's just conjecture at this point. But uh, my lone note uh, in this is that I feel like this storyline may help to set up uh, Carol Danvers as one of those powerful heroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and establishing a certain power level. Um, she's always been, you know, uh, we had this discussion off, uh, off air prior to the start of the show. You know, Carol Danvers has always been one of the more powerful heroes, even though she's been kind of done wrong for a lot of her history when she's running around as uh, Miss Marvel and... Uh, you know, while she's always been powerful, they, you know, they, you know, they, they, they gave her this, this boost by making her binary. Uh, but I'm wondering whether or not, uh, they're going to, I, I believe it was Kevin Feige or someone related to the Marvel cinematic universe said that Captain Marvel might be one of the uh, most powerful, uh, cinematic universe heroes. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see if this, uh, book, the storyline, uh, kind of ups her power level somehow, just so that, uh, uh, there's a little bit of synergy between the books and the movies. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this pretty much. I think it looks like kind of said she pretty much was yeah already established as one of the you know, the one powerhouses. Of the, um, yeah, one of the powerhouses of the universe, especially you know be, being in the uh, the ultimate with a bunch of other powerhouses. So that's that. But yeah, from what I remember from the first issue or so, the reason why she started down this track was because somebody was kidnapping those kids and trying to get think, trying to get them off of Earth mm-hmm. or something, and she kind of not stumbled into it but you know uh she kind of ran up ran into this and that's what kind of got her down the road to seeing this and why right and i think i i think both of us may have missed issue number two where that story is a bit a bit more fleshed out right but i'm i'm, I'm interested in catching up on issue number two and, and and following this along so uh consider my interest peaked yeah peaked uh, that's right so what else you got roddy we're sort of in rapid fire now at this point yeah pretty much you only got two books left, it looks like. Yeah, replying to it. Um, hmm. I was going to say, if you want, I'll just go into um, I go into one of my other books. Nah. That, that kind of nah, I'm good. I can go ahead and get these okay. two out of the way real quick. And actually, this will probably do me, because we've pretty much tapped out everything else. So, I'm calling rapid fire here. Uh, first one, Adam Strange, Free Quest Special Number 1. So, I've been looking forward to... I thought they were going to be staggered out, though. I didn't think most of they were all going to be coming all at one in one, one week which that was kind of whatever, but there's only about four or five books, and I didn't have a chance to, to read all of them. Regardless, the reason, um, the reason, uh, for some context, the reason uh, they chose this week is because it's the fifth week. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they just throw out everything so, else on the fifth week. Yeah, yeah. Well, usually it's annuals, so we got two annuals and then right. a whole bunch of these specials. 
Right. So that being said, uh, Adam Strange Future Quest. So apparently this takes place after two months after um, Future Quest number 12. And guess what? That book's not out yet. Oh, no. <laughs> So have fun with that. But um, that said, so, and I think this may, I haven't read it. This may also take place after the death of Hawkman. And was in that too, correct? Yes. So I'm going to just assume that it's taking place after that, given given what ends up happening. Because what we find is Adam Strange kind of crash lands on this Earth of the Hanna-Barbera universe without his memory, the, the quest team, uh, well, yeah, the quest team and um, I can't remember. The dude's name is Todd, but I can't remember the cartoon that it was on. It was Ugg and something. But anyway, um, and they're in the Lost Valley. If you think of the Lost Valley, like the Savage Land, where all kind of craziness goes over and a bunch of st- dinosaurs still, still floating around. Um, but Anastrain does have his memory. He comes across, like I said, the, the quest team comes across him, but there's also some fear agents um, who were also stuck in the Lost Valley who also sees him and they're trying to get him to um, trying to get Adam Strange to get them out of there because they found themselves there and they can't uh, get themselves out. I actually think of Lost Valley like a cross between the Savage Land and the Nexus of All Realities. Apparently it's gone wonky there. Um, I don't know if we find out if this is something from Future Quest 12 or not or is was always like this. Mm-hmm. But there it is. Um so and the reason why the quest team comes is because hey we've you know everything from future quest we've had people popping through portals before so we've got to make sure they're you know see if whether they're a threat or not which leads to, to their meeting uh, Adam Strange slowly gets his his memory back um, you know as uh, they end up fighting dinosaurs and these fear agents that that are trying to trying to hunt them down uh, Birdman comes in Birdman uh, you know, exactly and Adam Strange gets triggered because obviously you know Hawkman. So, Hawk, no, um, <laughs> which Birdman's making reference of like somebody really goes by the name Hawkman. Uh, so, there's that. There's a Jetson's <laughs> reference. There's, um, there's, um, actually, no, no, that, that's another book. Sorry. Um, so yeah, like I said, the, the, a chase ensues. Adam gets his memories back. They find out how to get, um, Adam Strange. Back home because you know his suit uses his he was coming off of a Zeta beam and that ends up being the thing and some minerals that they find in in the Lost Valley that ends up being the thing that sends them back home and also sends the, these fear agents who were trying to leave to apparently the planet of the Herculoids because we're, they weren't really sure where you know the portal that was open was going to take them you know so there is that and that was kind of funny um, but in like, my only my only other um, thing about the Adam Strange part was like. He was basically making a quantum leap reference, which I will not repeat. But if you know what it is, you know about leaping, then you know what I'm talking about. So, lastly, there was a Top Cat uh, backstory, which in which Top Cat meets Batman and Catwoman. Unlike, I mean, yeah. So the story ends up going Top Cat, not unlike Howard the Duck, ends up on a, a world that that is not his. Uh, we get what maybe Top Cat's backstory in this timeline in that. No, Top Cat was that cat. He was hanging with the. If you know anything about the the character, he was hanging with the the his people in Adler, but decided to get some lofty goals into and end up going into business. Um, he may have skinned up the top and then end up going to jail. And then in jail, he meets this professor that has this door, this gem that looks like the M-Cron, M-Cron crystal Kanda that uh, opens a portal to another realm. 
Benny gets shoved into his best friend and Top Cat goes after him. And then they end up on the DC Earth where Batman finds him from chasing Catwoman. So this is and Top Cat kind of tells all the story, you know, in, in the midst of that. And then Batman's like, well, you know, we got people that will that can help you get home. Top Cat's like, nah, I got my own way. And then Batman leaves. Then out of the corner, Catwoman comes in because she was hiding there the whole time. And, you know, I guess, you know, cats got to take care of themselves. And she offers Top Cat, you know, you know, for some I'm like, yeah, I could use a cat like you. And she's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, thanks. But nah, I, gotta, I actually do have to go find my friend and, and get out of here. So it's um, it, and that ends up being the end of the story. All right. So it's it, it was strangely um, it strangely works. Like just like some of this other Hanna Barbera stuff, it's been strangely working out. You know, I don't. Again, I don't. I haven't read all of these specials, but the two I've read, which is the next one, uh, which is the last one I've read, which is the Greenlander Space Ghost one, they kind of seem to work out sort of. And I was and getting into the the Greenlander Space Ghost one. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, Green Lantern's out in, in some arch, uncharted park of space. Runs into Lara Fleas. Lara Fleas apparently has ran into, had a run in with um, Space Ghost. Okay. And um, Zorak, who who just happened to be fighting in the same space. Space Ghost meets uh, Hal Jordan. Excuse me. Guess what happens? They end up fighting. They end up on this planet, which apparently is in, might be in Space Ghost's Ghost dimension, because there's a couple of panels that suggest that they went. They were, they were not in regular space anymore. They end up having to help each other, and um, they switch powers. You know, Space Ghost gets the ring. How Jordan gets one of the power, gets the power bands. They team up. They meet. They they uh, they battle the local whoever bad guy people that are there. And you know, the end pretty much. They they get new respect for each other and go their separate ways. And then it's the like backstory all that, team up crossovers. Yeah, no. You know, and uh, the backup for this is rough already. I didn't get a chance to actually because I was still reading it before we started, and I didn't really get, any, get a chance to. And I'm not too, I'm not too up on those characters anyway, so it's just as well. And that is it for me. I enjoyed. Right. I can say to say I enjoyed reading both of those specials, and I'm looking forward to reading um, the rest of these because I got because I did get all of them. Say so definitely with the the Green Lantern Space Ghost one, the art is great. Yeah, I like the uh, I look. Oliveri or yeah. how do you pronounce his name? Ariel Oliveri or um, Oliveri? Yeah, yeah. The he art, like, the art is, is great. He launched the Venom Space Night book. Oh, we're gonna hold that against him. Um, <laughs> and you know, and the the you know the Jeff Parker. Or, excuse me, that's not even Jeff Parker. Jeff Parker did the Adam Strange one. It was James Tinian and uh, Chris Abella who did the Green Lantern Space book. Which the story was all right, you know, but it was kind of one you sure. You would expect out of out of that meeting. Sure. All right. Uh, let me get to the my last two books. Um, first, uh, Black Widow number twelve wraps up this particular volume of Black Widow. It's written by uh, Chris Samney and Mark Wade. Uh, art by Chris Samney. Colorist uh, is Matt Wilson, one of uh, Tim Dog's favorites, I believe. Yes, sir. So, <clears throat> excuse me. This is the final issue of the of this volume. It's the uh, final confrontation between Natasha and um, uh, one of her uh, counterparts basically um, from the Red Room basically the daughter of the of the, of her uh, dead mother of the uh, of her class in the Red Room and um, when we last uh, saw these characters uh, 
Natasha was basically put into a bind uh, because these uh, the newest recruits of the Red Room were set to set off a, a destructive sequence uh, that would have taken out Shield and um, uh, I'm losing with, what the name of this character is. But this character who is uh, Natasha's counterpart is basically uh, forcing her to make a choice. But Natasha figures her way out of it, and you know th- there's a bit of a chase. And you know a, a battle and a chase, uh, you know, kind of a fight as you as you move along type of thing between uh, Widow and 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 this uh, and the antagonist. I'm trying not to spoil too much because I know Radica wants to read this. Mm. You know, there is a resolution to this particular to this confrontation. The 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 the, the young uh, students of the Red Room uh, do find a path, and comes um, out at the end of this issue is that. Uh, basically exonerated because if you recall that at the beginning of the series she was on the run from S.H.I.E.L.D. and she's basically exonerated um, at the end so it's pretty much all's well that ends well for the character um, as, as as much as you can say that about uh, uh, the super spy uh, member of the Avengers right uh, let's see the last book I'm going to talk about and this is a very surprising candidate for click of the week is it's just been a very tough read so far um, what I'm talking about is Thunderbolts number 11. Uh, Jim Zub has done a fairly good job, but I think the art on Thunderbolts has been very hit and miss uh, for the most part. Did we lose Agent 70? I'm wondering. He froze on us. Yeah, he was getting choppy there for a minute. <laughs> I, was, I was throwing him something. I was, on gonna, I was just about, yeah, I thought I lost my connection or something. I was yeah. like, oh, wait, I can see my head still moving. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I had bounced off for a second. I was like, wait a minute, do I have something going on or something else? So, yeah. I will chime in to say that I agree. The art on Thunderbolts is mostly what kept me away from reading the series after I sampled the first issue. Oh, really? Yeah, not crazy about it. But uh, they had a fill-in artist on that I checked out, um, I guess, after the was it Mar- when Marvel Now 2.0 started. Gotcha. It's like the first artist on that I read. Or the first artist on that book I read. It was, it was pretty good. But um, I heard yeah, I heard there was some big um happenings with like Kobik and Secret Empire tie-ins in this issue. Right. I guess I gotta check it out then. While we wait for Agent Seventy to return, I guess I can get to my last book of the week. Yes, tell us. Uh, Titans Annual Number One. I meant to read this. It was good. I like the artist on it, um, which is uh, loaded the. The book, so I could make sure I get the artist's name. Actually, now I need to the actual page with the it's young or jung. Let's see, can I bring it up? Everything runs slow in the video, but either way, well, I'll wait for that to come up. Um, okay. it, it deals with the members of Titans who have uh, mentors to, uh, being. They all end up in the same location together. They don't know how they got there. And it's kind of them having to do some investigation while they also don't trust each other because there's the possibility that someone may be a mole or someone may not be who they say they are. Just just for the fact that they all just ended up in the same place together. Sure. A mole, 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 mole. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I got it now. Okay. But um, the art was nice. I, I really liked um, Jung is the last name. I can't find a page with the uh, first name on it. 
Mm. No, I could have sworn it was early on in the in the book, but I've scrolled a couple pages down. Unless I just missed it. No, sometimes they'll put this stuff Oops. in the back. But... There we go. So yeah, sometimes uh, in the back, but I remember seeing it early on. But no, it's either way, it. it's a uh, Mink Minkyu Jung. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing this person on more DC books going forward, especially if they, if he had to, he or she had to take over for Titans. I probably actually wouldn't mind it. Okay, I enjoyed it that much. So, and then I guess this is the, the introduction of some character who I've never heard of before, but probably DC fans will know who it is. Uh, the Key. So the Key is a person okay. who deals with keys and putting them in lots and unlocking secrets. And <laughs> he wants to unlock, I'm assuming it's a DC Rebirth secret. And he's like talking to someone off that you can't see. And right. so it's, again, it's like, who is this person he keeps talking to and what secrets? He's trying to make the t- Titans and Justice League members butt heads to reveal something, but they end up working together so it doesn't happen. And then he escapes. Justice League, the remaining members of Justice League and Team Titans are team up and are able to track them down and once they show up, the key teleports away. So um, there's no resolution except it says, you know, to, you know, keep reading Teen Titans or to keep reading Titans to figure out, you know, more on this story as it unfolds. That's where it leads us. But I guess one major thing that was addressed in the story was, you know, the whole distrust between the different members. For some reason, Wonder Woman is treating like badly, and then it comes out that the um, Batman, uh, the key keeps sending these uh, threats at them to make them, you know, to test them. Like first is like a, a android, uh, Metallo. Then he sends some parademons after him, and Batman is able to take some of the go- a pair of goggles from the from one of the parademons and uses it to like scan for body signatures and whatnot. And like he did the same thing with his you know technology and his his cowl. His cowl told him it was eight individuals, but then when he looks through the goggles he only sees seven and donna troy doesn't show up so they immediately think that she's like some double agent or something but wonder woman and as they go to like you know uh apprehend her wonder woman jumps out to finally def- you know stand up for donna and she's like you know no wait and i guess apparently donna troy didn't know her her origin they like i guess whatever happened in the wonder woman new 52 story they she's still made from clay she was made from clay Right. to destroy Wonder Woman, which I remember. But I guess maybe the resolution to that was they implanted false memories in her mm. to make her think that she was like a real person. So like, I you know, believe she... in, in a few, a couple of issues of the past Titan books, they've kind of, they've kind of been talking about alluding to that. It was like, well, we still don't know your, you know, your backstory basically or whatever the case may be. Cause somebody keeps, like I think Roy's brought it up a couple of times in the past or in, in, one, in one of the last few issues. So apparently that's either something that's going to either get, you know, touched on again or they just brought it out just for whatever and so she understandably is upset and distraught over this news and her teammates on the titans you know are care they make a big deal over how number how the um teen titan or the titans is a family they're friends and the <laughs> justice league they're just like associates i was about to say family I was bringing it back to a fast and furious thing but anyway yeah, it's it was a lot of that going. Mm-hmm. So they were able to console her, whereas Justice League might just, you know, Batman at, at one point says, you know, we're friends. It's like, yeah, you kind of are, but you're also kind of just teammates that just work together. Right. About each other. Yeah, but the only ones out of the Justice League, because they safely say they're friends, are the, are the trilogy, the Trinity. Right. So 
So that was the issue. And it's also my click of the week. Right. So and that's what I wanted it. to hear about since you said that. It was like, hmm, I, wanna, I will definitely try to get around to reading this. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I've been keeping up on the Titan stuff, but you know, I don't know how long I'm, how long I'm going to. I'm going to stick with it. Actually, I like that. I need to catch up on Nightwing. I'm like probably two issues behind by now. And that's one of the books, the rebirth books I've uh, been enjoying. But it's too much stuff to read. Indeed. This is true. Yes. Man, when was the last time we had gremlins like this pop up during the show? Like, Sorry. literally knocked me off the show, you know? Well, right in the middle of talking about Thunderbolts 11, like, you know, like it was a national security thing, and all of a sudden, boom, we're not talking about that. Well, you know, your, your, your status should have prevented that sort of thing you know, from happening, sir. You so. think? So, um, did you guys wrap up talking about Titans? Yeah, the only thing I was going to say is uh, we weren't too sure about who the key is, and I just looked it up, and I, I guess I was kind of sort of right, because I was thinking it was a Golden Age character, mm-hmm. and it, 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 there is, but I guess the modern version is from... It was a Justice League villain, I think. Yeah, just from 65 and here on there, so... Because I was thinking it was like, maybe it was a character from someone, because it, it did sound like a character was like, yeah, it was from like the 40s or 50s mm-hmm. or something. Turns out that was actually kind of true. All right. Um... Is it all right if I just loop back to uh, Thunderbolts number eleven real quick? Do it. I'm sorry it that is. I'm sorry that uh, I was uh, cut off there due to gremlins and or technical difficulties. No, it was due to Secret Empire. That's right, Secret Empire. And what you reveal in secrets? Exactly, <laughs> secrets. So, if anyone is looking for insight into what is happening uh, and how. Kobik has basically affected everything. Read this book. Read it. Because at the end of the last issue, we found Bucky um, confronting Kobik and Kobik basically telling her, telling him that she's going to fix him. And all of a sudden, at the cliffhanger at the end of the last book, which is where we start this book, is Bucky back in World War II. Except in his pre- with his present men- uh, mind inhabiting his 1940s body. And it's a very interesting read. Um, the art by, um, which is what, I, what, which is what I remember last talking about, John Mallon. Um, I think he he benefits from not having to deal with so many um, lead characters in the team up book. He gets to focus on um, some of the more sim- simple um, garb of um, Captain America, Bucky, circa World War II, and the uh, Allied and German soldiers. So I think uh, it's kind of a break for Mallon in the art department and he can focus on very simple shapes and making sure things look at least um, mostly presentable. Um, it's not the most detailed art in the world, but it definitely does tell the story. Um, you know, I, I give uh, Zub a lot of credit. Uh, he definitely weaves um, uh, a lot of secret empire into this story. A lot of the stuff that uh, we've learned in Captain America, Steve Rogers is definitely woven into the story. Um, this is uh, definitely an integral part of how we get to uh, Secret Empire and possibly who ends up leading the resistance. Um, there's a couple of really good scenes in here involving Bucky because you have to remember that it is uh, Bucky Barnes uh, it, with his present mind inside his 1940s body. So uh, you have to keep that in mind when you are um, uh, observing the exchanges between uh between what's revealed to be Hydra Cap back then and uh, Bucky Barnes uh, of, of, of this day and age uh, in, in that timeline. So it's a pretty interesting read. And there's a lot of um, uh, stuff with Kobik at the end of the issue too. So it's definitely worth it. We have a cliffhanger of, uh, of an ending. We don't know how this is going to turn out. But 
if you're interested in at least seeing how this has been set up, how uh, basically it's Bucky that discovers what Kobik has done. Um, and it makes the most sense, obviously, because Kobik has been inhabiting the pages of Thunderbolts. It would make sense that uh, it would be Bucky that figures out what she's actually done to um, Cap's reality. So, um, you know, this is a pretty important book uh, when it comes to understanding what's going on. So I definitely recommend it for anyone who is um, interesting in figuring out how we've gotten to this point. Um, it's a surprise candidate for Click of the Week for me because I was very much... Um, affected by how uh, present-day Bucky's uh, 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 interactions with 1940s Captain America could be so uh, affecting given how uh, this is where Bucky finds out about the hydro, the whole hydrocap thing. So it's a definite surprise for it's a surprise candidate for Click of the Week. Was the first thing Bucky's, uh, Bucky said when he went back, I can't believe I wore this thing back then? No. No, I think the first thing he comments on is um how much taller cap is <laughs> you know how much taller cap was back then to him well sure okay so that's really the first thing that that, that kind of uh uh shocks him a bit obviously he hasn't worn the red and blues like that in a long time mm. well, at least i didn't go cinematic version so right 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 no they definitely went comic version so definitely read this. Um, you, do, you do not need to have much in the way of uh, uh, familiarity with where Thunderbolt is right now. You just have to know that Kobik is um, in the book with Bucky. So, so other than that, and knowing that Kobik had uh, a lot to do with the whole Secret Empire thing, uh, that's pretty much all you need to know. And just go into this and you'll, you'll definitely have a lot of uh, blanks filled. Hmm. Going back... Um... Matt Wang says something going back to that um the the key thing. The modern version of the key is from Grant Morrison's JLA run. Awesome two part story with story with uh, Connor Hark. Right, that's what I remember. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and I wanted to say something about uh, Black Widow real quick, but I can't remember what it was outside of shout out to Chris Hamley, because I hear he's been doing a lot of not necessarily heavy lifting, but he's been pretty much the MVP of the book. Right. Well he's doing the writing and, and exactly. Yeah. So shout out. All righty. And I think we're ready for clicks. Because I think we're all tapped out. Yep, I believe so. What do you guys got? Mine is actually pretty, pretty, pretty easy. I thought that it's the most effective Prime book of the two this week. Inhumans Prime number one, with Thunderbolts number eleven coming in a su- super close second. Hmm. Okay. Well, the Spider Woman number seventeen was obviously a pretty good uh, candidate too. Which is what I went with for my oh, nice. this week. So looks like Tim's left. I'm back. Muted. Spider Woman, you said? <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. And you're still going with, uh, that's right, because you already have yours. You said uh, Titans. Titans. Yeah. Yes, Titans. Cool. Alrighty, did Dirk get his? Time? No. All he right. did not. He... Alright. So let me take care of our first ad read of the night. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, or apparel. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right. We have a lot of news to get to this week. Busy seven days. We're going to start with Hall of Doom to appear on DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Super Friends style. 
I wish I still had that gif of, the, of it rising up from the swamp. I got to put that. That's on my list, too. Super Friends theme. You also need to put, uh, speaking of sound clips, Meanwhile at the Hall of Justice. Yes, yes, yes. Meanwhile at the Hall of Justice. Yes. I think I have that one, so I could probably get it to you. But... Meanwhile at the Hall of Justice. Go on. And, and uh, spoilers, DC's Legends of Tomorrow suffering spoilers. major penalty. Spoilers! Yeah, if I wasn't for doing the news, I wouldn't have spoiled myself on it, but I did. I, I actually watched to... it last night. I didn't. I am way behind on that show, on all of those shows. I have too, but I had nothing else to do. Yeah. Uh, did the flash just reveal it's season four villain and guess what it seems like it's somebody we talked about in um speaking of titans who's the season four villain? oh i see who in, in roddy's notes i see who it is i don't even know who that guy was when they said his name so it means nothing to me well actually i take the back because it might not be um um oh no 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 mind because oh, abracadabra was on the show it's not abracadabra uh, abracadabra yeah. no, no i'm not gonna add that to the soundboard <laughs> Nah. Um, it does Wait, say... Ronnie DeVoe? Bell Biv DeVoe? Yeah. What? Now you right. know? It's Clifford. Slick Spoilers. I have never heard of this person either, but it was like the, the fact they put out uh, Africa Diaper. He's driving me out of... Oh, stop. Stop! <laughs> it's our musical episode. <laughs> oh, no. We could the Flash get out there. In latest promo, which doesn't turn until like the middle or the end of April. Yeah, right. It took two. Man, they I had, they keep... Flash at two has had this will be two the second hiatus for the show. Well, I mean, they've done that before though. They've done that the last couple of years, I think. If, if, if not them, them, arrows. Yeah. Huh. In fact, there's been a couple of shows that's done that. Now that I think about it, because I think Agents of Shield did that also. So I don't know what's going on with shows and doing that. Like, this... Shield comes back next week. I saw. Right. Yep. Yep. yep so it's like while they go on break, they return from break. Yeah. It's all yeah. a scam. It's ridiculous. Right. So that I, they know that there's superhero TV on. I Zombie star Rahul Kali makes debut in Supergirl two season two episode eighteen trailer. Look, back in my day, you had twenty six episodes, and they all went straight into the to the doggone holiday, and you liked it too. Anyway, I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> we got a new Justice League trailer over the weekend. And all right, not, so not bad. Thoughts on this, gentlemen? I, I wish it was more light. Jeez, <laughs> man! Which pissed, which, pissed, which uh, annoyed a uh, set of fans. I like said that. I was just, for the record. I was driving. Uh, I was riding back from Miami Saturday, so I watched it actually before we left on my phone. We're in the car. Uh, this is like early in the afternoon, like one or two or something like that. I send the tweet off. I made some joke about. You know, I like the trailer, but I wish you could actually see so I could see what see what's going on. And I was like, someone turn the lights on. <laughs> you know, went about my business like six hours later. I just think they're locked back in again. And, and I've got like all these replies from a couple of them were from accounts that had Momoa in the, their name. Oh, like, like fan, fan me, sites? Huh? Like fan sites or something? I guess, yeah. Jason Momoa fan sites, like sending me memes of like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, basically. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's been a lot of Momoa thirst, especially since the. This was come out this past weekend, so I like I like his parts in it. I just wished I could see. Yeah. Oh no! Throwing <laughs> shade, literally. Oh, so, so, someone sent me a, <laughs> someone sent me a, uh, a oh, gift of good. of Wonder Woman building. The show it was like you know, there's a scene, there's an action scene in in with you know in the light. 
I wanted to say something almost like with that, like, yeah, but you're showing me this example of her just finding a regular human, not a parademon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, see, what she was supposed to do was download that video and then, you know, run it through uh, Premiere so you can get the brightness up on it. See, I need to, I have Premiere. I just have to learn how to tinker with it enough. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, you should be able to watch it in its original formatting. Um, it was very, uh, I was underwhelmed, although at the end of the day, we're still, I'm still going to watch it because it is the Justice League. It still suffers from the Snyder palette, the color palette that he's using. Yeah. But it also still suffers from them trying to rush it, rush it, rush to get to it. That too. That too. That's what it is. But we'll get to more DC movie news uh, later yes. in the news. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Moving on. Moving to the next one. Yes. Uh, Justice League and Aquaman are getting IMAX virtual reality experiences. All right. And boy, would the thirst be more real than. Hmm. Uh, Disney CEO drops Han Solo, Star Wars, Last Jedi hints. Disney has Star Wars, plan, Star Wars plans into 2030s. Of course, they did. Surprise, surprise. Which, um, on that note, so just saw something that just, just popped up. Um, I'll just pop in real quick. Uh, there was a long rumor Obi Wan Kenobi Star Wars story film starring Ewan McGregor that could become a reality soon, according to. StarWars.net, which means it's a rumor, so you know, but if the, if anything comes out about it, it will be a celebration next month. Spider-Man spinoff centered on Black Cat Silver Sable is in the works at Sony. And I want to know why, but sure. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, I kind of see both of them in a, in a way, but like Silver Surfer is kind of, and Silver Sable, that's a pull. Man, they're going to be plumbing the depths of that particular uh, corner of the universe, you know? Hey, man, you got to keep that license, man. Uh, <laughs> on the same Spider-Man note, enough. Spider-Man the spinoff same- movie Venom listed as action, horror, sci-fi. We'll be in shooting this fall. Why? Why? Leave us alone, Sony. Come on, man. Except for this next one. Don't leave us alone on this right. one. The official Spider-Man Homecoming trailer has dropped. I think I watched it back to back like three times. All right. So what did you guys think of the, the what I thought was, I guess, the main uh, level, the main uh, criticism, which is that there's a lot of uh, Tony Stark in this? Well, what do you I expect mean, at this point? Right. Well, we've only seen I, the, the, the worst part about it is like, and I think there was an article about this was that, that the trailer seems to be maybe possibly spoiling a little bit much. Yeah, I suppose a lot, but I have a feeling that uh, there's a lot more to this movie than just that. That's the thing, you know? And the, the parts that we're Tony said, I mean, it might not be that much more than what we have seen on in this trailer, though. So, but that sure said, eh, I don't know. The, the bridge had to go somewhere, come somewhere. So it kind of makes sense. We're getting a slightly kinder, gentler Tony or something. I don't know what the hell. Right. I didn't have, I mean, we have to actually see the movie to have a more thorough opinion on it sure right and yeah, like i said we don't we don't know all we know is what we saw in the trailer so <clears throat> i like this next bit of news i do too oh man i forgot to dig up my book spider-man homecoming will introduce damage control to the mcu no no word on whether that show that they had talked about a while back um is still coming. <laughs> right shout out to pcn underscore dirt who asks who are these dudes on my tv it's us <laughs> so, man, indeed, indeed. Uh, Spider-Man: yeah. Homecoming sequel may be Spidey's last appearance in the MCU. Oh, that's fine. Well, that's not fine, but 
you know. No, we can't have that. Come on, Sony, play nice. You're getting paid. Yeah, I don't believe I, that so much. Yeah, I, I suspect that you know the numbers are going to be like, oh, look, we've been we've been we've been friends this long. We can do we can you know <laughs> we can push up a couple of more. Right. Yeah, New we'll Ages of Shield poster is packed with Easter eggs. I like eggs. <laughs> it's almost, almost Easter. Easter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jessica Henwick hesitated on Iron Fist after Finn Jones' controversy. Of not watch Iron Fist. Wait, what? I he hesitated? Did. Oh, I see. Did. After yeah. he joined the series, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Legion, boss on more X-Men ties in season two, meeting Charles Xavier. New sure. Ant-Man Wasp logo was revealed at CinemaCon. It's a logo. Jeremy... Go ahead. No, I was about to say it's just a logo, but I did want to go back on the on the uh, the the uh, the Halloween thing. I please hope because I heard she did pretty well on it. I still hadn't watched it yet. I want a Daughters of the Dragon show, please, Marvel, make that happen, or you know, put a Misty show out there and have a meet up something. One of the two, both of them, do it. Let's move on. All right, Jeremy Renner rumored to appear as Hawkeye in Ant Man and the Wasp, unlikely for Mission Impossible Six. Sure. Okay. Which he just started. Uh, I think he's done down your way for um, Avengers: Infinity War as we speak. Cool. Jump. Yeah. Stay off the interstate. <laughs> Black Panther Leticia Wright confirmed as Shuri. Nice. Yes, we got a Shuri. Great. We got our first look at CW's new superhero series, Black Lightning, with the debut of his costume. And I said it on Twitter already, but I will say it again. I saw that suit, and it looks all right. I want Mantis back on the air now that I saw that. I did see that in my Twitter feed, yeah. that someone was asking for Mantis because it was very reminiscent of the costume from that TV show. This guy. There you go. There's a report that Marvel and DC are courting Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin, yeah. Wait, what? So Aaron Sorkin's talked to both Marvel and DC about doing something with them. Nothing fleshed out about it, but apparently he's, he's talked to both of them, so... Really? So it'd be a few good men or the West Wing? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Holy cow. John Boyega marks end of Pacific Rim Uprising production with new photo. I'm speaking of new photos. We got our first look set. Alicia Vikander as Lara Croft in Tomb Raider. Sure. Uh, Josh Whedon is in talks to direct and write a Batgirl movie. I'm not sure how to feel about this. Eh, you know, hey. Should I applaud this? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I so when I saw this, I was like, okay, yeah, you gotta go where the money is. But at the same time, Whedon's never, not necessarily been like that. But at the same time, hey, you know, yeah, I mean, he's a big comic head, so as as he's has done stuff right. and written, so let him have his fun, I guess. And Aquaman footage description includes Black Manta and more from CinemaCon. Oh, they had footage of uh, Aquaman. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so leaky pants and all. Oh no, and that was from the audience. But anyway. And comic news, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series premieres April 18th, and the new trailer was released. I have already pre-ordered it. Are those games regular price? No, no. They usually run about a good 20, 25 bucks for the whole thing, for all the, because they're episodic, so they usually run about 20, 25. This is old news, isn't it? Marvel, the Wolverine, Weapon X, Hulk, or the Hulk. Well, Weapon X, they keep developing. Yeah. Apparently, they, no, they, yeah, there's another, there was another teaser out there. Right, Weapons and it's also in the June. Yeah, it's in the June uh, solicits now too. Oh yeah, so all the June solicits are out. Mm-hmm. NBA star Tim Duncan names daughter after Guardians of the Galaxy character. 
I almost didn't put this in there because at first I was like, okay, that's was this actual? But apparently, it kind of was. But at the same time, yep. a quill is used for writing, so just and it's named his so daughter Peter. Just <laughs> 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 another story of uh, celebrities hating their their kids. <laughs> Although quill's not a terrible name, I guess I don't know. Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, yeah it could definitely be worse. True. Game of Thrones returns to comic books at Dynamite. Stanley and Dokusad team up to benefit the Hero Initiative. Astonishing X-Men to have new artists each issue, beginning with Jim Chung. That seems like that could be very distracting. Which one of y'all? Which one of y'all is reading Scarlet Witch all the time? Me. So oh, I could be. It was the same deal, right? They would take oh. the artists each issue. No, I mean there were a couple of issues that did, but um, that was like the whole premise of it. I remember they were like it's gonna have a different artist each issue. Like it wasn't each issue, but it was like kind of like them blocks. It depends on what the story was. So it wasn't as bad. That's just a regular Marvel book then. Yeah. But the rest of the artists listed are Ron Garney, Aiko, ACO, Phil Noto, Greg Land, and Ramon Rosanos. Okay. Jim okay. Lee's Injustice 2 cover pits Batman and more against Brainiac. Love is Love benefit comic raises more than $165,000 for victims of the Pulse nightclub massacre in Orlando. Shout for that. Uh, you can get a free Resurrection Spotlight sampler on Comicsology. Yeah, or in your comic stores. Marvel's Black Bolt comic came from an Absorber Man series pitch. So there was an Absorber Man uh, series pitch. Think about that. Yep. Hey, he's a character they own, and he's appeared in media. Right. He was on uh, exactly Agents of Shield, Crusher Creel. Well, yeah, he does that one time, but yeah, I can't. I can't imagine how a book. But then again, they are doing a lot of visual books, and I did like Illuminati that last run. So of which he popped in on. So he was in it. Yep. Big Trouble in Little China. The game looks fan freaking tastic. I, I kind of want this as a fan of Big Trouble in Little China, but at the same time, I don't know. Uh, Comics Pro News. Booms Philip Sablik announces new full returnability program. I wasn't sure what the full news and it sounded like we needed dirt for this one. Probably. Oh, Bishojo. What is that? Bishojo. Bishojo 1-7 scale. Miss Marvel Kamala Khan is ready for pre-order. I may or may not have ordered it right before the show. <laughs> and DC reveals two comics for Wonder Woman Day on June 3rd. Yes. Alrighty. Cool. It's on you. Alright, so any unboxings, any unwrappings, anything else before I hit the ad for this week? Actually, closing ad? See, this is why I talk about it. Funny you should mention that. It's not an unboxing, but it did get oh, um, Static Sock Shock Season 1 uh, DVD just came out. Wow. Man, I remember that cartoon. That was a good cartoon. So I look forward to when I get some time and back home from this weekend. Uh, I'm looking into that. Oh, uh, I see. I don't know if we brought this up earlier, but I see Matt Wang said the modern version of the key is from Grant Morrison's JLA. Yeah. I'm looking at, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Shout out to Matt Wang97 on Twitter. Follow him. Couple yeah. of uh, couple of uh, uh, tweets from Dirt here that I see. Uh, oh, yeah. So pa- after the dudes on the TV, that's us. <laughs> yeah, he said he, I did, he said I didn't hate X Men Prime, but Inhumans Prime did nothing for me. Really? Hmm. I almost kind of felt the same way. No kidding. I actually liked Inhumans Prime. I mean, you know, I, I just thought it was just that much more effective in telling the story. But maybe it's just because I've been pretty, uh, I've been following the Inhumans books pretty closely. Yeah. Right. And he also asked, "Do you think they're doing Peter Parker just to introduce Miles?" I'm not sure what. Maybe from the uh, movie trailer news, maybe? 
Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I'm still kind of put off by the fact that it reminds us so much of the setup for Miles, uh, you know, the way they're setting up uh, Peter Parker. And how they have Genki, not Genki. Exactly. That's actually Ned Lee, not Ned Leeds, I'm presuming. That is, yeah, Ned Leeds. Yeah. Bad choice. So, you know, I'm really not happy about that. I would, I mean, but I guess they really can't, you know, they really can't go back and do, you know, him as a cub, cub photo photographer. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, young Peter Parker, sure they could. Although, yeah, I don't know. No, but, the, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't like the fact that they're farming Miles' uh, origin for this. Because then what makes it, well, what makes Miles special when he comes, you know, when he's introduced? You know? These are the questions. And apparently so. we, we have a click of the week from, from Dirt while we're here. Yay, dirt! And I'm assuming this is this was legit, but the the visitor number two from Dark Horse. Okay, that works. Which, if I'm not mistaken, is gonna make Man- Manolo voice, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That works. That works. All right, let me hit the uh, let me hit the last ad read of the night, and we can wrap the show. Let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox gaming headsets, PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, and MP3 headphones. And now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skull Candy by going to cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Skull Candy banner. And then shop for high-quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio through CSPN.us. Do it today. And make sure to follow us on our individual Twitter accounts and other social media accounts. I'm at TimDLGG98 and at CBCron. Agent70 is at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. And RoddyCat is at RoddyCat. And at News Nerds Needs yeah. on Twitter and on Instagram at CB Caps. Uh, uh, just on just on Instagram at CB Caps. Yes, I have no idea what I said. But... <laughs> you said Twitter and, and Instagram, so we, I, could, I could probably do that one. But eh. make sure and you get dirt stuff. Doug is yeah. Doug is on Twitter at PCN underscore Dirt. Go to popculturenetwork.com and follow his Instagram for his comic reviews at Graham Comic Reviews. We'll be back next week. Enjoy WonderCon and Fan Expo this weekend. If you're going, we are the Comic Chronicles and we are signing off. Peace! Peace.